Please turn with me to the book of 1 John. The book of 1 John. Again, want to welcome all family and friends to Family and Friends Day. I thank you all for coming through and I'm blessing St. John with your presence. And most of all, I thank God for um, what he is doing um, in you and uh, through you and for you. And I pray that um, the Lord just is able to use me as well in this time. First John, fourth chapter. Uh, First John, if you are, uh, can't find First John, there's a table of contents in the front of your Bible. Uh, like most books, there's a table of contents. Uh, the, the Bible has a t- table of contents. Look in the New Testament section. Okay, it says Old Testament, the New Testament. Look for the New Testament section and then look all the way to the end. Okay, you'll find Revelation and then just go back like um, a couple of books and you will find 1 John. Okay, you may not see the word first, but you will see the number one. One John. One John. And once you get there, uh, go to that page number. Once you're at 1 John, then go to the fourth chapter. You'll look for a big uh, number four. Um, you'll see those, those um, separate the chapters. First John, fourth chapter, and then the little numbers are the verses. And then you look for the number that says 18. Okay, look for 18. And then that's what we're going to be reading Um, That's what we're going to be reading. Now, if you still have trouble finding it in your Bibles, don't worry. It is on the screen. Um, In the interest of time, I'm just going to go ahead and move forward. First John, fourth chapter, 18th verse. Out of the Christian Standard Bible reads as follows. It says, there is no fear in love. Instead, perfect love drives out fear because fear involves punishment. So the one who fears is not complete in love. The title that I want to come from today is Love Ain't Scared. Love Ain't scared. I remember a conversation that I had with a girl at my job, um, and this girl didn't want to get married. Now, she was not a Christian, okay, but um, she had been dating a guy for years, okay. Um, She Uh, Not only had she been dating a guy for years, but she had also introduced him to her only child. And and at this point, um, she had allowed the guy to move in with her and her child, right? And and some of us would call that um, playing house. Um, They were essentially a family already, you know, taking family photos, going on vacations, the whole bit. But in the end, she was still scared of getting married. As it turned out, she was like most people in this situation. 
Um, as we know, there's a growing trend of, uh, of people that are, have been together for years, but never get married. Uh, she, this girl was scared that after getting married, things would change. And unfortunately, like most others, she was probably scared of commitment because she had seen that commitment broken before. Her parents' marriage did not last. Her relationship with her baby daddy did not last. Now, now keep in mind that she swore up and down that she loved her boyfriend, but she was too scared to marry him. Even though they were essentially living the married life. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I think this is not how love is supposed to be. You know, some, somewhere in your mind, you know that real love ain't scared. You know, there, there's supposed to be no fear in love. The girl should be excited to get married. You know, not scared. Married couples should be excited about their futures, not scared of getting a divorce. You know, even with family and friends and neighbors, associates, and especially the church, when you think of a perfect love in those groups of people, it should not include fear. So how do you have this perfect love? without fear. How do you do it? And I, I, I would think that most of us don't want to live in fear. We don't want to be scared in supposedly safe relationships. But life happens. And for one reason or another, we find ourselves, you know, kind of cautiously loving each other. How do we get to the point where we can have this perfect love? without fear. The Apostle John gives an interesting answer in 1 John 4. In verse 15, he says, whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God remains in him and he in God. And we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And the one who remains in love remains in God and remains in him. Uh, John is starting with this idea of remaining, or, or in some of your Bibles, you might see abiding. Uh, uh, this word was used to talk about where someone lived, you know, where they dwelled, where they stayed at. And, and, and basically, John is saying that if we confess the truth about Jesus Christ, then God will make his home in you. And you will make your home in God. And in this house, this home that God has created, this home that, that God is, has formed, in this house, there is perfect love already. Why? because God already has this love for us. He does not need to develop this love, right, right, right? A, a perfect God does not need to develop love. He does not need to grow. 
God does not need you to do a bunch of good deeds so that you, he can love you more. He loves you perfectly already. And, he, and we know that God will remain in this love because God is love. Now, now here's the kicker. By having God's perfect love, we don't have to worry about God's judgment. Verse 17. In this, love is made complete with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. And, and, and as you see, John, you know, John likes to get a little philosophical. Uh, may, maybe y'all are, maybe y'all are a little smarter than I am. I, I, when, sometimes when I read through John, it, I have to really sit and, and like really absorb what he's trying to say. Because he always drops bombs like every, you know, that was the sentence. But, but let's try to look at this in reverse. Okay. God is not going to judge himself, Right? Does that make sense? Why would he judge himself, right? He's perfect. He didn't do anything wrong. He defines what's right. He's not going to judge himself. Okay. God will not judge himself. Now, let's also look at this. If God is in us, right, and we are in him, then we have an intimate inseparable connection with God. Y'all see where I'm going with this? Like, we are not God. Let's be clear. Because people take ideas and run with it. We are not God. Okay. But we are deeply connected to him. Inseparable. So here we are. If God were to judge us, he would be judging himself because he is in us and we are in him. Y'all head hurt yet? He won't judge us Christians. And on top of that, he doesn't want to judge us Christians. So what does that mean for us? We don't have to be scared of the judgment. Maybe the rest of the world does. Maybe those who do not abide in God do. Maybe others have to be scared of it. But as Christians, since we have the spirit of God living inside of us, God will not judge us. So we don't have to worry about the judgment. We can have true love without a fear of judgment. This love right here ain't scared. Therefore, John can go ahead and make this big statement in verse 18. There is no fear in love. Instead, perfect love drives out fear because fear involves punishment. So the one who fears 
is not complete in love. Now, this is all philosophical. Let me give you an example. I remember when I came to Christ. And could I, could I just be honest with you guys? Can I, can I be honest with y'all? Um, <laughs> I did not come to Christ because I loved him so much. Pastor, can you say this off the pulpit? Okay. I did not come to Christ because I loved him so much. Okay. I did not come to Christ uh, uh, because I wanted to live for him. Honestly, the reason I came to Christ when I was, when I was 10, when, when, the reason when I came to Christ, or the reason why I came to Christ, was because I was scared of going to hell. I'm, I'm being very serious. That was the reason. I was afraid of eternal fire and, and torment. And, and let me tell you, for, for much of my Christian life, my biggest focus was don't go to hell. All right, I, I, I'm by myself here. It's all right. Okay, everybody else been loving since day one. Hallelujah. I'm trying to get to your level. Amen. My, my life was focused on doing what's required to not go to hell. Stay away from those sins because those sins are going to drag you to hell. I wish I realized he loved me so much. I wish I realized that I no longer needed to even worry about going to hell. I wish I realized that God simply wanted me to remain in him just as he would remain in me. I wish I knew that. And I say this because if you are here and you are a Christian and if you are wondering if God loves you, I declare on God's behalf that he does. I declare on God's behalf that you will not experience the judgment of the wicked. I declare to you that perfect love is possible. But, but not only is it possible, it is available. To answer the question, how can this perfect love uh, be without, or how can we have this perfect love without fear? Honestly, the answer is just to just take it, accept it. It's right there. God has already shown it to you and he's already offered it to you. And if you want this perfect love with no fear attached, just take it. Now you may be wondering, well, how can I use it? If I, if I take it, and what does, that, what does that mean? What does that mean? Well, let's look at verse 19. We love because he first loved us. We have the example of love from God himself. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, onto this earth to die for our sins. 
for our imperfect love, for our problems that we created. Jesus died on that cross for us. He was buried for us. But on that early Sunday morning, Jesus rose for us. Jesus, the one who should be judging us, took the judgment for us. Jesus, the one with all power in his hand. Also, he rose with all love in his hand. And in both cases, we benefit from what he has done. We are no longer condemned. We will not get punished in the end. We have a chance to live this new life in union with God. Now, why does this matter? Because the only way for us to love is for us to have been shown what love is. All right, now follow me. This is true even in psychology. You know, even from birth, we're shown how to give love. Did, did y'all know that? And, and, and based on this, we develop these things called um, attachment styles, um, which influence how we love others and receive love from others. It, start, it starts from when you're a baby and how you're reared and you are actually taught how to love. Long story short, God had to show us how to love for us to be able to love like God. Does that make sense? How would we know it if we never saw it? See, the reason John is writing all of this is for us to learn how to love our brothers and sisters in Christ. This is our opportunity to use the perfect love that God has given us to be able to come to church and let, how much, let others know how much you love them through speech and deed. To be able to go to other functions and show the world how much God's children love each other. The perfect love of God should spill over in our dealings with our brothers and sisters. And this is where many Christians mess up. Verse 20. If anyone says, I love God, and yet hates his brother or sister, he is a liar. Somebody say, you should have ended the sermon a minute ago. <laughs> For the person who does not love his brother or sister whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. Okay. <laughs> and we have this command from him. The one who loves God must also love his brother and sister. Did, did y'all know that? Did y'all know that it's impossible to, to love God and hate your brothers and sisters in Christ? Now, some of us are saying, I, I, I don't know, I don't know. Why is that? Now, remember that whole, you know, God is in us and we're in God, right? Y'all remember that? Now, since nobody can see God, he is seen 
through us. Let me say that one more time. God is in us and we are in God, right? Nobody can actually see God. While we're, you know, not, none of us humans on earth can see God. But so God is seen through us. Okay. And I know, uh, I, don't, I don't know why he did, but yes, he chose imperfect people <laughs> to glorify him among the people so that the people would glorify him. God chose to identify through us imperfect people. So if we hate God's children, you see this? Then we hate God because we sort of look like God. I'm going to say that one more time. We're in God. God is in us. He chose us for whatever reason. To show himself. If we hate each other, we hate God. Because <laughs> we sort of look like him. And if we hate what we see of God, how can we possibly love all of God? The, the, Uh, uh, See, when we reject a brother or sister in Christ, we are rejecting someone whom Christ purchased with his own blood. We are hating someone that God loves as a son or daughter. God, uh, uh, God uh, is, is, is blessing us with a child, uh, but I, I would say um, I, I, uh, one of the, the one, probably the, mo- the closest connection that I have right now is me and my wife, Felicia. By the way, she's over there. Raise your hand if, so people can see who you are. Higher. Okay, amen. She's pregnant. Praise the Lord. This, I'm trying to get back on script. If you come to me talking about Pastor James, I love you. You are such a wonderful person, but that little skank you call a wife. We don't get along. But I love you, Pastor. We're going to have issues, y'all. If any of us come talking about your kids, about them demon little ungrateful sons of, mm. but, but, but we love you though. Y- y'all don't think there's going to be a problem? But here we are talking about church folk like they ain't nothing, like brothers and sisters in Christ like they ain't nothing, but we go to God talk about how much we love him. Huh? Get back, to, get back on track. Now, some of us may say, but look at what they did, though, right? Matter of fact, look how they're treating me right now. They don't love me. You know, they're they're out to hurt me. They're out to get me and make my life terrible. This is what we say. But here's the other thing. Christ 
first loved us. Y'all see that? He loved us before we were lovable. He loved us while we were yet sinners. Get this. He loved the world even though the world might never repent. He still loves this world, even though most of this world will not turn around. How is God able to do this? I'll tell you how. His love ain't scared. God has absolutely no fear of punishment, right? He has, get this, he has no fear of how people will punish him for putting his love out there. He is overflowing with love. He's always got extra love to give away. He's not worried about people's reactions because his love is unconditional. His love ain't scared. Don't worry, I know the Super Bowl's coming. We got time. Christians, most of us maintain problems with each other because of fear. Prove that. You may say you ain't scared of nobody. So then what's stopping you from loving your brother and sister in Christ? What's stopping you? Is it the fear of being taken advantage of? Is it the fear of being ridiculed? Is it the fear of disappointment? For some of you, right at this second, God has already put that person in your mind. I'm not looking for amens, hallelujahs, thank you, Jesuses. I already know he did it. You ain't got to tell me, God knows. What happens for that person that's in your mind right now, that person you can't stand, that person you got issues with, what happens if you love them like Christ loved us and gave himself up for us? What ha- Play it out in your mind. What happens if you can no longer use their past behavior to justify your present behavior? What happens? If this makes you worried, um, I hate to break it to you, but worrying is fear, okay? And if you have fear, you still have some perfecting to do. And I want to encourage you to do that today because real love, real love ain't scared. For some of you, maybe the problem is not loving others, but loving yourselves in this sermon, in this sermon. You realize you're a person too, right? Maybe that's why you have a hard time loving others, because they remind you of your own faults. Maybe you haven't given up that bad love you were raised with. Maybe you think God only loves you if you are lovable. 
And that's why you try so hard to be acceptable in the sight of God and others. Perfect love applies to yourself, too. But my question to you is this. Why punish yourself when God already said that he won't? Why are you still scared of going to hell when you already have a home in heaven? As I close, just take God's love. It's perfect. His love ain't scared. When you take it, you'll see that you have plenty of love for your brothers and sisters in Christ. You'll have plenty for your marriage. You'll have plenty for family and friends. It will be perfect love because you won't even worry about the punishment. Jesus saved you from hell. What is man going to do to you? What punishment is scarier than that? Real love ain't scared. So take it and show them what this love is made of.